This is Cole. And this is Ron. We are the creative team. Welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Extreme Team! Oh, you're way hyped up for today's episode, aren't you, bud? The Creative Team! I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you? I am amped up for this show. Like, we literally just talked about it before we hit record that this is an important show. I've been looking forward to discussing this uh promotion uh i've been looking forward to discussing the talent in this promotion my fandom during this promotion and what better way to kick off a discussion about said promotion than a classic top 10 and i'm talking about extreme championship wrestling cole i'm talking about ec fnw i'm excited how are you this morning i'm doing great we realize we haven't done a top 10 in in a minute so we got a couple top tens coming for you guys and a few take it up creatives here on the next month or so to get us through the holidays. Um, how was your trip? It was delightful. I went to Chicago in November. I thought that was a, a terrible idea on paper, but it actually was a beautiful day. All days we were there. We bike rode. We walked around downtown. Uh, downtown is gorgeous at night. Uh, we found a rooftop bar, raged the night away. Me and the wife had a, uh, some awesome adventures. Chicago is definitely progressed in uh, the marijuana department. <laughs> and I found out the hard way, and it was the nicest thing possible that I can experience in Chicago. It was the windy city, and it was definitely the smoky city, for sure. I didn't get to fit, uh, I didn't get to fit in Wrigley Field into my uh, itinerary. <laughs> I wanted to so bad, because I thought that was going to be the FaceTime of the century. But... The the dream kind of lost steam when Jessa threw the idea under the bus at dinner that one time. So it it wasn't even worth it to even try this time. Because <laughs> you wanted to ruin my day and be like, guess where I am? I don't even give a shit. But this is like your holy grail of, you know, <laughs> of life goals. And I'm just here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, I'm, t I'm told grass ball takes place here. Of course, my personally, I would be so disappointed to be there in November. Like my 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 Chicago trip is fully planned around seeing my Chicago Cubs play a live game at Wrigley Field. Uh, I have yet to do it in my 37 years, but I probably need to get that one crossed off the list because it is tippy top of my bucket list. So yes, yes, bucket lists are good. My bucket list is is to see a uh, a Wrestle Kingdom live. That yeah, that's a strong one, man. I, that is a strong one. I will afford that one day. It's gonna take some uh, marriage convincing. I I will say that my sister Candice LeRae got to um, be at Wrestle Kingdom Nine, the you know the the holy balls one, the great one, because she was working for DDT at the time, and they uh, happened upon tickets for their wrestlers, which was kind of them. So uh, she got to experience two Wrestle Kingdom. 
and uh, just insane. Just adds to my jealousy because she's been on the tippy top of the fuck you list for seeing my favorite WrestleMania live. And I'm uh, still jealous to this day. (laughs) Yeah, she's... uh, uh, There's not too many times in this world where I'm like, you know, a little bit on the jealous side of my sister instead of just proud, happy big brother. But uh, being live at Wrestle Kingdom's one of those kind of moments, uh, you know, having basically DX as her Planned Parenthood, you know, <laughs> team. That, that one's fun. But uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need to get me a Wrigley Field game in. And I do have some, you know, family slash friends in Chicago that could probably make the happenings a little less expensive for me. But, you know, because I'm not, I'm not going to go buy a cheap seat. I'm going to go to Wrigley and I'm going to sit somewhere around the catcher and uh spend a little bit of money yeah you're gonna you're gonna uh beat up the umpire and switch outfits (laughs) that'd be awesome (laughs) but speaking of beating up referees today we're gonna talk all about extreme championship wrestling giving you our top 10 ecw wrestlers of all time now i will say i'm hoping for a little bit of leniency here um because it's our list so we can do whatever the fuck we want but i do have a couple tag teams as one entity so it is what it is. But uh, my main question is, you know, you've had a lot of time to think about this on trips and this and whatnot. Are you going to give me a real list today or am I going to be pulling my hair out again? You say that, but I'm not sure what that means because, <laughs> you know, what's what's a real list? I've give, Have I given you fake lists this whole time? <laughs> Th- these were words written in ink in list form. <laughs> that I've done like I I didn't just write nothing well you know on on that note uh your your uh list that you've been been presenting um have taken probably more effort to come up with the answers you've given than my actual top 10 list that I've been working hard on so (laughs) I'm not gonna complain too much well I can't speak to the realism of my list but I can tell you that I'm going to give you 10 names from said promotion today. Oh, all right. Well, let's get into it. My number 10 ECW wrestler of all time. This is probably one of the most guilty pleasures I have in all of the wrestling world. This is one of those characters and performers that based on the way I talk about pro wrestling, I should probably hate and think that their reason wrestling sucks. But I don't. I love everything about it. I love the whole gimmick. I love the music playing throughout the entire matches. I'm going with New Jack as my number 10. (laughs) That's, you know, hey, he's a pillar for ECW. He was one of the reasons I watched. It was so much fun. Like, there just wasn't any classic technical stuff. It was just ass beatings. And and say what you want about him in the ring bell to bell, his promos were amazing. It was real. Yes, sir. Yeah, they were were amazing because they were real. Like, he, he... like, you almost have to like fill out a permit to get him to like work. Like he would not work today. <laughs> I mean, among among more serious reasons why he can't work today, he could not work today. I don't think. Yes, I, I think New Jack won a special place in my heart. The time we saw him live yes. in person. <laughs> yes. Was that was that epic pro wrestling? It was. was it was a Gary Yap thing. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh, yeah, um, and, and, I forgot who he was talking he... crap on. I think he was talking crap about how he made someone his bitch that day. That that made me fall in love with him too. That was good shit. But uh, my number ten is also a guilty pleasure, 
and it has a lot to do with music, and he's not really someone that you would consider a technical masterpiece. This guy is all visuals, all entrance, and then that's it. This is the Sandman. A Sandman was a total guilty pleasure in ECW for me, and it was all entrance. Uh, me at me at freaking 13, 14 years old, you know, you play Metallica and I'm a happy kid. So when you got a guy <laughs> coming out, smashing his face with a beer can and singing Metallica with the entire crowd, it's, uh, it's a shortcut to Ron's heart. And he deserves to be in this top 10 somewhere. And I think it's a humble place for Sandman. Number 10. Not mad at it at all. He made my honorable mentions list for this week. In fact, he initially was on my list just off the top of my head. And then I did a little bit of further looking upon because I, you know, I like to make sure I don't miss someone like, I don't know, Ultimo Dragon on the greatest masked wrestlers list of all time. Uh, so I did have Sam and he was very close. He just missed the cut. So uh, starting off strong there, Ronald. I like it. Yes, you can't spell strong without Ron. And my number nine, uh, I'll just get this out of the way because we already discussed him. It's New Jack. New Jack is number nine for old Ron here, and it looks like he will be making the final list of the creative team's top ten ECW uh, wrestlers, and that is okay in my book. Uh, yeah, New Jack, what else can you say? I, I loved his promos. Like, they would just crack me up. They were He was, like, the first guy where my mom kind of questioned, maybe you shouldn't watch this wrestling shit. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, watch more of it. Got it. So who is your number nine? Okay, my number nine. Now, this is where... Um, I, I needed, it was one, it came down to one of two tag teams. Um, but I think there's really no debate that this team went on after ECW to etch their names in history as one of the all time great tag teams. I'm going with the Dudley boys and I'm including, you know, big Dick and uh, spike and all the Dudleys. Um, but I, I don't think there's any question that when it's all said and done on anyone's list, uh, top three, you've got to be talking about the Dudley boys and team 3d, you know, Bubba and Devon just went on to another level. You know, they, they brought the, um, you know, the TLC matches and everything to WWF. And, uh, yeah, I think they, they really belong on this list and nobody, nobody that was age 15, um, you know, skipped the Bubba Ray promos back at ECW. It was one of the main events was Bubba Ray going out there with the live mic, uh, saying shit he absolutely could not say today. So, My sister suffered a lot of power bombs in the living room because of the Dudley boys. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of it at all. Um, but yeah, no, we will talk about the Dudleys again. But let's transition to my number eight. My number eight is another one of those pillars in ECW. And, uh, you know, he would be higher on a lot of other people's list if we're talking about this. But he's number eight for me. And I think he's probably the best baby face they've ever had. Probably one of the best baby faces in the industry just because of his ability to get that group of people to care for so long. And he didn't have to win. He, j he could lose every match and be as over as everyone on the card. And I'm going with Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer is a solid number eight for me for ECW. I, you know, I can't really give you my favorite Tommy Dreamer matches, but I can definitely pick like 20 Tommy Dreamer moments. And yes. if, if you're, if you're, if your reputation is just a series and a collection of moments being the every man in the wrestling business, then bless his little heart. Love Tommy Dreamer. 
I do too, and we're going to talk about them again in a little bit. So Yay. I will skip right ahead to my number eight. And you might be a little mad at me for this number eight because uh, I, I, I know your affinity for this man, and, and I feel like he's going to, uh, you know, the way your list is going, it, it feels like he's going to be making an appearance on the show again later. But for me, my number eight is Mike Awesome. Nice. Yeah, if you know yes. me, if the audience knows me, we're definitely <laughs> going to be talking to him, about him in long form shortly. And we have a whole episode of us talking about him in long form. Check the archives at Take It Up with Creative. Mike Awesome in WCW. Sorry. ECW yes. got it right. WCW got it wrong. Check the archives. So, oh, I mean, shit. What can, what can you say about Mike Awesome? You know, do you have it? Do you want to elaborate on why he's on your list? Uh, you know, again, he's. We talked about it kind of in depth on our Mike Awesome episode, where he, he, I, I really missed ECW when it was happening. So, I didn't have when Mike Awesome's career happened when he came to WWF because I didn't watch WCW either. Um, I was ho hum about him and I didn't care, and I just kind of saw the glaring lack of charisma and this and that in Mike Awesome based on what he was allowed to do in WWF. So I didn't quite get it at the time, but, uh, you know, being a student and going back and studying and looking awesome. He's just fantastic. I mean, he really is. You go watch the matches with Masato Tanaka. Like, uh, I, I think one, one, one of the one night stand pay-per-views was when I really first saw Mike Awesome in his, you know, full Mike awesomeness. And uh, after that, I went back and like binged watched his stuff and he's fantastic. He uh, really set the bar for what a big man needs to be. And it's kind of carried over to now where it, it feels like, you know, the Kevin Steens of the world and those kind of guys, Walter, all those guys are really chasing down what Mike awesome did 30 years ago. And so, yeah, love the guy, and I wish he got a little more love, and that's why we like to talk about him on the on the podcast here. Absolutely, and you know, I have an awesome transition from such a character in ECW. Uh, my number seven, my number seven was one half of the one of the first matches I've ever seen in ECW, and he was on the other side of a man that we will talk about shortly. But my number seven is. Probably one of the best technical, smooth wrestlers I, I've seen, and would love to see him go again. But I think time is just not on his side anymore. And uh, I'm talking about Jerry Lynn. Oh, I kind of wish that uh, I would have given you my number seven first, because then we could have talked about Jerry Lynn in depth. But uh, yeah, I love me some Jerry Lynn. I actually, it's one of the few times in my life my sister was at an event. And people were signing autographs and such. And she went out of her way to get me an autograph. So I do have a, a TNA, you know, 8x10 of Jerry Lind autograph that my sister procured for me. And uh, it's here with my, uh, you know, treasured possessions. So so are you yeah, letting I, the cat out of the bag that your number seven is Jerry Lynn also? N no, not, not yet. But he's my number six. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm revealing a little bit ahead of time, but uh, let's go with my number seven. Uh, one of, uh, this is one of those times where you go back and look at this run and you just kind of wish it had happened in WWF or at WCW because what it really, like it was just so hard for this really great shit to be happening at ECW because it just didn't get out in the world and there's not enough people that got to see it. 
But my number seven um, is Raven. He was absolutely insanely incredible in ECW. Um, There was no question he was a top guy. And if he had had that same run in WWF or WWE, uh, he would have been a top star. I think he would have been a world champion. He'd have been able, they would have been able to feud Raven and Austin and it would have been incredible. They would have been able to feud Raven with Undertaker and it would have been believable if they ran the same Raven in the WWE. So I, I just, his promos are as good as anyone that's ever been in the entire business. And his work was good. I, I know a lot of people kind of like, ah, oh, you know, Raven did four things, whatever. But like his work was really good. His psychology is is right up there on a Jake the Snake level, I think. And, and I really feel like Raven was the nine, the you know, that late '90s version of Jake the Snake Roberts, where he should have been a top guy, and for whatever reason, he just wasn't Vince's cup of tea, and or Bruce Pritchard's cup of tea. Uh, you know, he's talked about him on his pod a few times where he just didn't get it. He ain't Eric Bischoff's cup of tea either. Yeah, exactly. They, Eric Bischoff, same thing. They just didn't get it, but Paulie got it, and he made Raven a megastar. And it was the reason that later on when Raven was in TNA, it was kind of a game changer for TNA where they actually did a huge buy rate when he challenged for the title with Jarrett. And if Jarrett would have dropped the fucking title on that night, it probably would have you know, strapped a rocket to that promotion, but you know, they drug it on, they drug it out a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I love Raven. So he is my number seven. Well, it's good that we went in depth on Raven because I'm ashamed to say that Raven's an honorable, honorable mention for me. Uh, sad to say, but, uh, I, you know, all that being said, Raven does deserve a place on this list. And I, he, he, I think his biggest, um, his peak of stardom took place in ECW, and that's pretty much inarguable. But yeah, he definitely deserves a place and deserves to be in the conversation for sure. And he might be, you know, just based on your testimony, he might end up on the finalized list. And yeah. we're well, going. Let me go ahead since I already gave my number six. Yeah, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, Jerry Lynn, who I flirted with moving way higher up the list because in my personal rankings of professional wrestlers jerry lynn might be in my top 10 you know just just of my favorite guys to watch um jerry lynn is just you're right he's so smooth he's so clean but he has he's one of those rare guys that has the ability to wrestle with anybody and still have a great match and make it make sense because jerry lynn really is a carryover from the territory days i mean he had been in the business for a while in the 90s when when he finally got his break at ECW he had the run with the the light heavyweight championship in the WWF which never went anywhere but i mean Jerry Lynn goes all the way back to i think that that what was global was a global wrestling that yeah. was on the uh, yeah that's where where you know lightning kid got his big break and so you know 123 kid became a big star and Jerry Lynn who carried him and made him look great as a 19-year-old kid that this <laughs> was learning, um, kind of just got pushed to the side because he didn't have that, you know, open, overt charisma that they're looking for. But I, to me, I think Jerry Lynn is basically Shawn Michaels. You know, I, I think he's on that same level of in-ring ability. He just couldn't cut the promo 
like Sean, and he doesn't have just that that you know blatant out in the open personality that that make could make him a megastar. But I, you know, again, Paulie found a, a a you know diamond in the rough and made Jerry Lynn the new effing show, and I, I think. He's one of the reasons that ECW was able to hang around as long as it did once WCW and WWF started talent rating them. So, Jerry Lynn, my number six. Perfect. And he obviously will be making the final list. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because the description of Jerry Lynn, you know, is everything that I've I've known to be true. And the way you laid it out about how he's just perfect in every way, bell to bell, but he just couldn't cut that promo or connect that well with the audience, but he connected with his in-ring ability. And the same could be said word for word for my next guy. And he's the person I alluded to earlier when I said the first match in ECW I ever saw was Jerry Lynn versus this man. And for my money, one of the smoothest wrestlers in the world, a guy that can hang with everybody, a guy that can make people look good, just didn't cross that mainstream personality level. And that is from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Lance Storm. If I could be serious for a minute. Oh, yes. You're being really serious, bud. This 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 is uh this is a solid list. I, re- I really like it. I, I don't I don't have a problem with anyone on your list. You're insinuating that I've given you anything but solid lists. <laughs> oh, no never. So you're number five, or do you, or do we need to talk about Lance Storm a bit? Yeah, I need to talk about Lance Storm because he, he didn't quite make my list. I, I don't feel like he quite reached the level of, of in ECW where you know if I was going to go back and say who really had the biggest impact, my top ten that he would make the cut. It, it, he's one of the few guys I actually think did fairly well for himself in WCW or or WWE. You know, he actually had kind of a, a good run where he won some belts and did some things at WCW. Um, I mean, he was a multi-time tag team champion in, in WWE and all that. And he probably had some singles titles. I can't remember because, but you know. Yeah, that's probably just that a point. curse of just how you were just not watching ECW when it was happening. Because, man, the package of uh, Lance Storm and Don Marie. Oh, Don Marie. Oh, I agree. But, Don Marie is is definitely my top three females for other reasons. And like the Impact players were another one of those classic tag teams. You know, him and Just Incredible. Just Incredible is not on this list for me, but his contributions to that tag team uh, are well documented. But yeah, Lance Storm, his uh, his matches with Jerry Lynn. Uh, he's got oh man, like there's so much uh, there's so much content from Lance Storm and ECW that I think you sh- you need to go out of your way and and find. Um, well, I th- I think the main problem is that my my biggest imp- my biggest memory my my biggest moment from Lance Storm and ECW is their their the, the, I can't remember the name of the pay per view, but it's the one that's held up as their greatest pay per view of all time. Lance Storm is in the opening match and he goes to give a chair shot and he does not send the chair shot at all and he gets booed out of the fucking building. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what that was. It, uh, it it's I, I believe it's the one with the three way with Sabu, Douglas, and Funk. Oh, okay. it's the big pay per view. But Landstorm's in the opening match and he does a chair shot and he you know he works it a little too much and the fans just eviscerate him in the middle of the ring. Uh, I you know, but it happened in a great match. I mean, the match is fantastic. But uh, yeah, that one chair shot not so fantastic. <laughs> Tremendous. So who's going first on number five? Uh, I will go because we've already talked about him. 
Uh, my number five is Tommy Dreamer. Yes. Um, he's he's one of the he's one of the people that I got to meet in person, and uh, he was uh, more than willing to engage in conversation. He wasn't just like you know shake my you know because my sister in, gave me the intro, and he didn't just like shake my hand and like hey yeah good to meet you and then go back to what he was doing. No, like he talked with me for like fifteen minutes and you know put my sister over and all that. But as far as wrestling goes, um. I think Tommy Dreamer is a master class of selling and how to be a babyface. And and like if if you want to learn how to be a real true babyface that'll get over in 2021, go watch Tommy Dreamer. Uh he's basically I mean, he's kind of like what Darby Allen is doing right now. Darby Allen is you know, a little more athletic, a little more explosive with his moves. Um so I think his ceiling's even higher than Tommy Dreamer, but Tommy would go out there and just keep fighting no matter what. He'd, he'd be, you know, bucket of blood, you know, the the lashing that he took that in that angle, all the stuff with Raven, it's just absolutely incredible. But I, I really feel like Tommy Dreamer deserves a lot more love than he gets because he was just a master at being a true babyface. And, and and he because he could get sympathy like no other human alive and you wanted him to fight back and win like you always rooted for him it didn't matter who he was in the ring with he was going to give you 110 percent, get his ass beat but still come out at the end of the match looking good so i love tommy dreamer he is my number five perfect and it's funny because my number five is some is somebody well they we've talked about them already and I felt oh. like they were they were deserving to be right in the middle of this list because when I think of ECW, they're the first thing that comes to mind for me. And I'm going with the Dudleys. Uh, I did not. I was not so generous by adding everyone else in there. This is strictly Bubba <laughs> and Devon. Um, yeah, Bubba was nuclear heat in ECW, and it was fan- like to the point where he would challenge legit challenge people in the audience to come in and fight them, and. That crowd is rabid, and they didn't take the bait because, you know, they're a crowd that gets it, but they're also a crowd that drinks heavily, and some would take the bait. Yes. But I think Dudley's built enough of a reputation for, you know, guys that even might have the balls to do it probably won't do it because Devon and Bubba will kick the shit out of them. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to see a fan take a swing at Bubba. Now, even now. Just, oh, I love Yeah, oh yeah, even now. I love listening to Bubba crucify callers on Busted Open. It's one of my favorite things to to hear. It's it's the best. But yeah, solid number 5 for me, the Dudley Boys. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with it. I, I like I said in the annals of tag team wrestling in all of the business, not just ECW, you, you it, it's going to be I don't know. You know, you're going to go Legion of Doom, maybe. You might might Go with the Steiners or Harlem Heat, but if the Dudleys aren't in that conversation right up there with those greatest tag teams of all time, then you just aren't paying attention. So, yeah, solid number five. Yeah, if you really strip it down, you know, everyone has their ECW favorites. I do, you do. But if you really strip it down and look at it on paper, EC, uh, the Dudley boys are the most successful thing ECW has ever produced. Yeah, it's it's either them or Rob Van Dam. Like, there's those two things you can't argue anything else i don't think as being more successful van damme's in the hall of fame is he yeah yeah he is okay and and so are the dudleys yeah so so like right there both both of them both of them you know i i don't think you can get bigger than those all right so 
we've reached number four on our top 10 ECW wrestlers of all time. And this is, this was like, for me, these four were no brainers. Like this had to be the top four. Um, and, and uh, we'll find out if uh, you agree here. So my I'm number pretty four. pretty sure three of them are, are matched <laughs> because we've already talked about one of them uh, on your yeah. list. Uh, so my number four, um, because for me, without this guy, ECW doesn't exist. Uh, he was the first world heavyweight champion of ECW. His promos, everything just took it to another level and, and made this something that the tape traders were talking about. So I'm going with number four, Shane Douglas. All right. Yes. Another honorable mention for me. Oh, that's rough. I know. I know. He, I was not watching when he was like a thing there. Like I got in like mm, 98-ish. Okay. Like uh, it was definitely when he was, you know, not like super relevant there. But uh, yeah, I... uh, not on the list for me, but definitely an honorable mention. I, I, he, I just was never a Shane Douglas guy. You know, my first introduction to him was that teacher thing. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> Dean Douglas thing. Me too. But you know, yeah. I may may have been aware of him because I, I did when I first started watching wrestling in the in the early '90s. I was catching some WCW, so I probably saw Shane Douglas before Dean Douglas. But obviously, the Dean Douglas thing is what everyone remembers. And uh, I think just going from that shitty gimmick to being what he was in ECW was just such a juxtaposition that it really fucking made it take off. Yeah, it cursed him for me, like, personally, because when I would see Shane Douglas after Dean Douglas, I would just go, remember that guy was a teacher? But no one, <laughs> but everyone else that kn- everyone else that knows better looks at him as the teacher. Goes, man, remember when he remember when he was badass Shane Douglas, the franchise? Yeah. So I appreciate his contributions. It's just he never, never resonated with me. But he does deserve a place on this list for sure. But my number four, I'm surprised. Well, I'm actually not surprised because if I know you, we're definitely going to be talking about him soon. I think. Uh, but my number four is like. It's the smallest guy I've ever been afraid of. And, <laughs> and like, uh, and it's probably not who you're thinking because, uh, this was, this guy beat the shit out of the guy that you might think I'm thinking of. Uh, and the way he did it, it was just so believable. It was like the first time where I was like, oh, that's a real, like, martial artist that's like legit and like sounds legit and he's also scary. Uh, but I'm going to go with Tajiri. Tajiri wow. in ECW is probably like the most convincing, the first convincing thing that I saw. Because on paper, the martial artist that screams and like blows mist, like that's, you know, kind of usually a red flag as far as like creative and like kind of hokey. But the way he did it and the way uh, his opponents were so generous to sell it, like their face was melting from that mist. And then getting kicked in the... Like, he's got the greatest strikes. I, you know... If we're going to have a top 10 of strikers, he's on there somewhere. Uh, His kicks were so believable. His strikes were so believable. It was the first time I ever saw the tarantula. And I thought that was the coolest thing when I was a teenager. But... uh, And look what he went on to become. Like, one of the... He even had a good career in WWE. 
you know yes very even though it was like drenched in comedy when he was when the bell rang his matches were fantastic but in ECW his matches were fantastic and he was also taken very seriously and yeah number 4 for me Yoshihiro Tajiri well as we've talked about many times on the show uh Tajiri is one of my favorite five wrestlers to watch um but you will be shocked to know that Tajiri did not make my top 10 ECW wrestlers list he is on my honorable mentions i think we may just need to sneak him into the top 10 because he's tajiri and fucking amazing um but i i just for me my most of my tajiri stuff is more of his stuff from japan and i thought his wwf career was even better than what he did in ecw and i just feel like in ecw while he was treated well and and the fan he the fans really got behind him he never really got to that next level in ECW where he deserves to be in the top 10 for me, but I fucking love Tajiri. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all of the times. And I wish I could throw kicks and shit like he did because I wouldn't be doing this podcast probably. So, (laughs) Oh, my number three then. Um, so now I'm a little perplexed. I well, you said Shane Douglas is off, so I feel like we might have the same top three. Um, no, but I, because you've already mentioned one of my top three. Oh, okay. So then I need to figure out which one of these top three is not on your list, and I'm going to be shocked. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to be shocked at, and I have a reason why. And you know, it's it's a very Ron reason, and you'll you'll okay. you'll hear it soon. I'm sure. Okay, so then you'll have to explain to me why my number three is not on your list because I think you're absolutely insane because this was the, there's it the the pillars of ECW um you know we've talked about a couple of them but this is probably the tippy top guy who this was the reason that the you know the tape traders were going crazy and all the way back to 93 for Sabu and so Sabu is just amazing he's incredible um but my my uh, Sabu's also a guilty pleasure of mine because he's like 50-50, I mean, especially as he aged, his matches got closer to 50-50, where this could be a total, absolute fucking train wreck, or it's going to be the best match we've ever seen in our lives, and uh, it very easily could go from being one of the best matches ever to a total train wreck mid-match, um, but uh, the for me, uh, the Sabu versus Taz match, where Sabu's doing ankle picks and doing all this really cool wrestling shit with Taz, like solidified in my mind that this guy is fucking amazing and he's great. So my number three is Sabu. Sabu, the homicidal, genocidal, uh, suicidal. Uh, yeah, Sabu. Uh, a lot of his matches, I've I, I've definitely seen most of them in ECW. Uh, definitely one of the pillars of ECW. And you know, I'm I'm actually surprised of uh, your your shockedness because. While I appreciate his contributions and his place in ECW, Sabu, for whatever reason, did nothing for me. Ever. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I just, you know, I think he annoyed me more than anything. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> just, what are you pointing at, fuck? Like, come on. Uh <laughs> And then so, combined, so with, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> combined with that, and then combined with like stories I would hear in in later years on podcasts about him, just kind of solidified my all right, whatever about Sabu feeling. 
So, so Sandman made your list. Adding no contribution whatsoever to wrestling ever. None. Other than, other than his interest. Yes. <laughs> but Sabu points at the ceiling. <laughs> and you're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> that guy's like jumped on more tables. He's jumped on more tables than broken them. Like, you know, oh. the chair the tables just don't break when he lands on them the first time. And he'll just keep trying until they oh. do. Uh, but oh. I've, I've always found... He's got a few gems, but I've always found that he was just hardcore because that's all he can do. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, oh. My apologies. But, uh, yeah, you know, I definitely think, you know, in the broad spect spectrum of things, he definitely deserves to be on this list and talked about it when it comes to ECW top tens. But if we're talking personal preference on my top ten, honorable mention. He was on an honorable mention. I didn't just leave him out of the oh, conversation. Okay. I'm not that stupid. Fair enough. But my number three, let's talk about him again. And he is one of my favorite wrestlers outside of ECW. I mean, well, all of his best stuff took place in ECW. But, like, you can go back and watch Japan stuff. He's another one of those tape trading guys. Uh, he's got a classic video of him just breaking the ring on a, on a frog splash. Uh, but Mike Awesome, my goodness, is just a super athlete. Like, I don't know where a guy built like that can get the mobility and the flexibility and just the hops. And he was not a bad promo. He had a manager that would cut promos for him, but he was not a bad promo. His promos were like super aggressive and intense. He would cuss a lot, which was like new for me, which made me like him a lot. Like he was like the first guy I ever heard say fuck like so comfortably other than Shane Douglas. Um, but yeah, you know, if it's a Ron list, if it's an ECW list, Mike Awesome is going to be top three for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, what more can we say about Mike Awesome? Look at the archives, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Look at yes, the archives. A yes. lot of love for Mike Awesome here on the Creative Team Podcast. So, uh, and yeah. he doesn't point at anything. He just beats ass. <laughs> I love that that's like one of your main sticking points on Sabu. It's like, what the fuck are you pointing at? At least uh, Hogan pointed at his opponent. Yeah. Well, like one of my favorite things about Sabu and and is that when he was training, he was trained, you know, trained by his uncle the Sheik, who never did any kind of wrestling whatsoever. Like his whole gimmick was based around just fighting and blood and gore, and it, which is why he was able to still wrestle in his seventies and do the same gimmick and still, you know, be the same type of uh, of character. But uh, they weren't allowed to touch the ropes when they were training because he wanted them to learn how to mat wrestle and just do this stuff. And so then like they'd wait for the Sheik to go away and then, you know, him and his training partner would, uh, you know, do all their springboards and silly shit and moonsaults and stuff. So like, I know he has a strong base for being a technical wrestler and I've seen it enough for me to really appreciate that Sabu, if he wanted to, could be, you know, uh, a Lance storm type wrestler but he went, he, you know, took his gimmick the other way, which kept him relevant for, you know, 30 years, basically. So very commendable, uh, freaking dedicated, but, you know, dedicated to his well, craft. And, you know, hey, but it just came out publicly. Uh, happy retirement, sir. I, you've been you put your body through hell long enough. Yes. And it's a well-deserved retirement. Just stay retired for your health. OK, so I have a sneaking suspicion we have the same top two. And but what uh, order are they in? Yes, that is the question. And this one was one of those where I argued in my head. Um, 
but I thought there was a clear number one once I really thought about it. So my number two, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go hear us go in detail about this guy, go to our archives. I'm going with Taz as my number two ECW wrestler of all the time. Perfect. And you don't need the preamble because we're going to talk about him after I present it now, which is Taz. Uh, I'm, I think he's the guy that you thought I was alluding to when I said it was the shortest guy I've ever, I was ever afraid of. <laughs> no, I, I really thought you were talking about Taboo for a second. I forgot Mike Awesome had not made an appearance on your list yet. Yes, yeah, so. but no, Taz, Taz, like, w- w- like you, if you want to like go to go to the badass factory and craft yourself a badass, if there's a build a badass workshop like Build a Bear. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there would be like five people that come out with a Taz doll. Like, oh, you created that too? Oh, man. He's like the epitome of like just a tiny bulldog that will just fuck you up. Like, I wish I can see Taz in his prime versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii right now. Uh, oh, that would be great. Yeah, like just m- splitting image of who of the kind of worker Taz was is Tomohiro Ishii for me. Maybe a little more of an edge in the technical wrestling department for Taz. Cause that dude, yeah. that dude can throw a suplex like no other, and for his height too. Like you know, we always we always laugh, ha ha, about his height, and that's kind of like a meme now nowadays. But the fact that he could be that small and like throw someone over his head like that, yeah. no matter the size, is pretty damn impressive. And sometimes you didn't have a choice but to go. Well, Taz is one of those guys that I never, ever, ever one time ever thought about his fucking height i never gave a shit because he was such a believable badass like i taz is someone i i he's like almost on that farouk level of being unfuckwithable like he, he's there i don't think anyone's running around fucking with taz like i really don't even today like yeah he's just he's one of those guys like there, there are a lot of guys who are like, oh, you know, I wish this guy was, you know, a little bigger, or a little taller. Taz, that never was a consideration for me. Um, he, because he, he's built like a shit brick house. He's thick. He's big. Like he, he, you know, he might be a little short, but I, I would have no problem seeing Taz in a ring with, you know, a Hulk Hogan or even, you know, the Big Show or whatever, and be totally convinced that he could suplex these motherfuckers and be a total badass and win in any situation. And I, that's just another, you know, as we discussed at length, ball that was dropped. Um, yeah, love Taz. Um, but uh, I think that means we have the same number one and two. Um, so I don't think anybody in the world could go back to ECW and think about who the number one star was from ECW and not come to the same conclusion. Um, so for me, my number one is the whole effing show, Rob Van Dam. Uh, are you going to surprise me here, or are we in agreement? Absolutely going to agree. Rob Van Dam is the star of ECW. He's like the one guy who had like the, the mainstream TV good looks out of ECW, but still went toe-to-toe with all the extreme wrestlers. Like, the dude was flashy, the dude was, you know, let's be honest, handsome, and, you know, he was also fucking insane, like, like, innovative as all hell, like, what, like, way ahead of his time, too, and, like, the dude can still go today, and he's still known as, like, one of the stiffest shots in the business, like, 
you know, they always say cover up when you're in the ring with Van Dam because his feet will his feet will connect with your face. And they will find your face. Yes, and like while while I while I wouldn't say he has the best frog splash, it is certainly the gnarliest and the one that actually looks like it like a fi- like it looks like a finisher. Like he just puts his entire being into you and then he sells it. And it looks like it hurts him too. So I just uh, everything about Rob Van Dam at the time was like must see for me. Like he was like that he was like that gritty Shawn Michaels. Like is how I compared yeah. him when I was yeah, a kid. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Like he was he was like DX Shawn Michaels before DX Shawn Michaels happened. Um and I just I love the combination of him and Bill Alfonso. It was like it could be it could be it, it could be like annoying as fuck, but also babyface worthy too. Like he he didn't change how he acted when he was heel or face in ECW, and Bill Alfonso didn't change how he acted when the combination was heel or face in ECW. It got over uh, as a babyface, and it got over as a heel. Like it just. When you think of ECW, you think of Rob Van Dam, and you know, let's be honest, he was the first breakout star, like heavyweight champion, like like went to, like wrestled Austin immediately when the invasion angle happened. Like he's supposed to yeah. be on Austin's team, but the crowd said no, love this guy, put him in the main event, and he was in the triple threat match with him and Kurt Angle like almost overnight, and then had a one on one match with Austin almost overnight. I don't know where shit kind of went south and he just kind of became another guy but the crowd was always behind him it was like that daniel yeah. Bry- it was like that daniel bryan support but just with no follow through until the one night stand 2 happened yeah and then yeah and he he's one of those guys where even though he became the world champion i still feel like they just tremendously dropped the ball with rob van dam and could have done so much more i think he's the most over any human has ever been with the machine fighting against him, not just not getting behind him, but like actively trying to bury him. It's just the only difference is they, you know, by the time they finally gave in, it was just bad timing and it didn't work out. But like for me, Rob Van Dam could have been the world champion almost immediately and it would have been fine. It wouldn't have hurt anything. He didn't need to be built up. He was a fucking superstar. The second he laid foot on WWF's, canvas like he did not need to build himself back up but i i think where he finally got over with vince was once undertaker basically took him out there they tore the house down for the fucking hardcore title and undertaker gave him his stamp of approval um but oh man rob van dam is one of the all-time just best wrestlers there ever was he's so unique his selling is is just different than everyone else's. His move set is just nobody is ever going to have a move set like Rob Van Dam. Like nobody can do the things that he did. And his frog splash is just the most impressive ever. Like I love Eddie Guerrero. I love his frog splash. I love, you know, the low down. I love D'Lo Brown's frog splash. And then there's a couple guys today that jump 73 feet in the air for frog splashes, but it's still not as good or impressive as Rob Van Dam's five-star frog splash. And uh, I, God, I just hope that someday he gets a little more love in the, you know, greatest of all time conversation. Oh, just, just look at his Twitter. He gets plenty of love. (laughs) It's true. So as it stands, we have seven matches. So seven guys that are going to go 
onto the official creative team top 10 list. Um, so we've got Rob Van Dam, Taz, the Dudley Boys, Mike Awesome, Jerry Lynn, Tommy Dreamer, and New Jack. Um, do you have any other honorable mentions you'd like to get to before we solidify this list? Yes, uh, I just have one more because we covered uh, all of my... On no, I have two more. I'm sorry. Uh, we covered my honorable mentions uh, as we were going, but uh, one honorable mention for me was Steve Carino. And the other honorable mention for me was Rhino. Uh, but it was just not enough room uh, for these 10 for me. Uh, do you have any other honorable mentions? Um, I do, but I would like to take a second just to talk about Steve Carino. It's, it's another guy who I, I have gotten to meet along the, you know, my sister's wrestling uh, adventures. And, uh, I, I love Carino. He's one of those guys that is just so like, you could have dropped him in any decade, any era, and he would have been over. He would have been a huge draw in the territory days, um, but he could go in that late 90s style. He could really go in the ring and was great. Um, he wasn't afraid to bleed a bucket. He's one of the best promos you'll ever hear. Um, uh, I do I do agree on Rhino. Rhino was one, one of those guys that was kicking around for that 10th spot with New Jack. But I just, uh, I don't know. I, I've really come to love New Jack, so he took it over. Um, Balls Mahoney a guy we didn't really talk about who really fits that. E I mean, he's as ECW as ECW gets is balls. Mahoney is like the whole promotion summed up in one live human being. Uh, Masato Tanaka. I, I think we owe a lot of Mike awesome's, you know, the credit for him being as over as he was to Masato Tanaka. Uh, the other tag team I was talking about, um, a little bit different than the Dudleys because these guys were just so good technically and so badass. The Eliminators were one of my honorable mentions. And, and I think just for the sake of, of it, we have to mention the BWL and talk about the blue guys. Um, what a great idea. Um, it, it, it's, one of the, it's one of the ways that you work wrestling, uh, comedy into professional wrestling in a meaningful way where you could still be funny, have some fun, but at the end of the day, these guys are all kick-ass in the ring, and the bell's going to ring, and we're still going to have good matches. So we should just give a little bit of love to the BWO, the uh, Blue Meanie, Stevie Richards, and Nova. And we we would be remiss, and we would probably get crucified like what Raven did to Sandman <laughs> if we didn't at least mention the contributions of one Cactus Jack and Terry Funk to this, uh, to this promotion. But yes, for me, absolutely. for me, Terry Funk holds so much weight elsewhere. To that's that was my reasoning for him to be off this list. And Cactus Jack, for me, in a very Ron way, I alluded to this earlier. I thought he was going to be on your list, but Cactus Jack, for me, I'm one of those guys that uh, discovered all three faces of Foley at WWE, and then I went back yes. and watched everything else. So I had no idea that Cactus Jack was a WCW thing and then an ECW thing. And then it just came out as a greatest hits compilation in the WWF. Uh, but that's that was the reasoning. I felt like when I think of ECW, you know, shame on me. I don't think of Cactus Jack and Terry Funk. I, you know. No, me either. And, and, and I think part of that is just that they, they never really had long runs where they contributed a lot to ECW. You know, they were they were kind of passing through um, on their on their way back and forth between WWF and WCW. I mean, but there's a lot of people we could mention. You know, we could talk about Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero, but really they had a six-month run and they wrestled each other the entire six months. 
and then they went on to WCW. Uh, you know, we could talk about Jericho, you know, stunning. Yeah, we could talk about Jericho. We could talk about Austin, but like all of their contributions to ECW were very minor compared to everyone I, I, I that made the list. And I'm glad we were kind of on the same page there on accident without talking about it. Yeah, so. <laughs> just you know, I, I I excluded the cups of coffee and I went with the main cast. Yeah. So we need to um, solidify. Well, I will throw you a bone, and I will be willing to get rid of Lance Storm for Sabu. Okay, I was going to say, I think we need to have Sabu on this list. The other ones that made lists that were also honorable mentions, um, Shane Douglas and Raven were honorable mentions for you and made my list. Uh, Let's see. I mean, I'm willing to put Sandman on this list because it's ECW. I was just about to offer you Sandman for Raven. <laughs> so, uh, cause new Jack is staying. Well, new Jack, we matched, So he's staying. Yes. New Jack is on the list. Um, so we, we don't necessarily need another one of the, you know, just hardcore guys, but have I convinced you that Tajiri belongs? Oh yes. Uh, Tajiri was on my honorable mentions always. Of course. Um, I'm never going to object to Tajiri making the list. So if we want to just put Tajiri on this list, let's do that right now. Let's do a solid number 10 for Tajiri. So then we just have the number nine slot left to go. And we're down to Raven, Shane Douglas, and Sandman, basically. Um, Is there anyone who jumps off the page for you that should be on this list? For number nine? So if yeah. if we were going to keep Sandman, I would switch him and Tajiri for sure. But I think okay. I think Tajiri is you know you've convinced me that you know he uh, he if he's going to be on here, I think number ten is probably the spot for him. He's higher for me just because of personal taste. But out of these so three, if, if, okay, out Go of ahead. these three, Raven, Shane Douglas, Sandman. I think out of the out of those, Shane Douglas is like the champagne bottle on the ship that is ECW when he threw that belt down and and cut that big promo. But I think, like, Raven's moments kind of outweigh that for me. What do you think? Well, I, 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 I like I said, when I made my argument for why Shane Douglas was not only on my list but pretty high up on my list is I don't think that ECW exists without Shane Douglas. So for that reason, he would get the edge for me. But um, if I were going personal preference and I had these two guys at my disposal and I had to pick one to kind of be the star of my company, I would probably lean towards Raven because I think he's just a little bit, maybe a little bit better in the ring bell to bell. Um, I I like, I, you know, obviously I like the DDT better than a fucking belly to belly suplex, but um I don't think we go wrong either way. He so definitely fits I will... the mold better. Yeah, yeah. So I, I yes, I, I really do think you know Raven fits the grunge look and the you know the kind of you know the r- wrestling shows in shitty bingo halls and all that. Whereas I feel like Shane Douglas is a little bit more of a classic wrestling star. Um, so like personal preference for me. If I if it was just down to which one of these two guys would I pick if I was running promotion, I'd pick Raven. So I'm okay with you giving Raven the edge. So do we want to make that official? We are in agreement. Let's run through the list. Number 10. Tajiri. Number 9. Raven. Number 8. Sabu. 7. New Jack. Number 6. Tommy Dreamer. Number 5. 
Jerry Lynn. Four. Mike Awesome. Yes. Number three. The Dudley Boys. Two. Taz. And number one. The whole effing show, Rob Van Dam. Oh, I love doing these top tens. And, uh, you know, I, I got to say, I'm a little happy that, you, that you, you, you know, you went straight with me today. We agreed quite a lot. Straight. Um, Define straight. Yes. Uh, you didn't put fucking uh, the wall on this list. Number 11. Solid number 11. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, again, you're, you're, you're alluding to that I give you bad lists. And I think the audience would agree that my lists have been just drenched in facts. Uh, and yes. research. Sign and... Guy Dudley. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you're the one that included all the Dudleys. So uh, I, I went with the, the two stars and Hall of Famers. But you were just, you know, passing out spots to all the Dudleys. You know, even, even the Big Dick one. So, yeah. A solid list. Love these lists with you, buddy. And uh, next week, uh, we're going to keep the promotion top ten going. Because we're going to be touching on the top ten... WCW stars. That's right. Two top tens, two weeks in a row. That we haven't done that yet, and I'm excited because it is going to be a fantastic show. Uh WCW holds a place in my heart because I was a child when the Monday Night Wars were happening, and I was the one flipping back and forth. No Tebo, no DBR, just commitment and patience and time, really. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. So that's gonna do it for this week. For the creative team, I am your host, Cole Dawson, with Ron Kilborn, my hashtag team partner. Join us next week for the WCW Top 10 Wrestlers of All Time here on the Creative Team Pod. Thank you, we love you, and good night. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron for Your Life. Number four, we'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team. <laughs>